Praise the Lord. Okay, we're still on our subject. Um, kingdom of God is not meat and drink. And we are today with peace, I mean joy today. We've been dealing with, or we dealt with righteousness, we've dealt with peace. Now we want to be dealing with joy. But there are still areas you can explore in those uh, aspects of that which is the kingdom of God. You can do more studying of that. This can just be a kind of guide to lead you into deeper understanding of what that stands for. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, so don't forget, the key is uh, Romans fourteen seventeen and then verse 18. Kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. For he that is in these things of it, Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Now, first of all, I want to describe here three types of joy. Or three sources of joy. Praise the Lord. Three types of joy or three sources of joy. The reason is, you find that you as a, a being, you are made up of three aspects. You are made up of your spirit, you are made up of your soul, you are made up of your body. Amen? And uh, you can have joy in all of these three aspects of your being. So there is... The physical joy, which relates to your physical body. Uh, such joy you can get through sweaty massaging of the nerves and muscles. Your physical body. You know, there's a way you can be pampered and you feel happy. There are certain things, you know, people can just stimulate your body and you can be happy. Amen? It's completely physical. It has nothing to do with your soul. It has nothing to do with your spirit. But you can just be happy. Sometimes people can just fondle you and things like that. You can just be responding to it and you are just getting joy out of that. Amen? Are you there with me? Alright. So, that is the first aspect, if I may use the word, which is very low level of the production of joy. You can get joy from that. Then the second aspect by which you can get joy is soulish joy. The joy that comes from the soul. This you can get through such activities like, of life's like maybe talking about your wedding day. Huh? The first one I said is the physical joy. But the second one is the soulish joy. Physical joy is connected to your body. Soulish joy connected to your soul. And you can get this like uh, your wedding day, your birthday celebration. Maybe you get a new car, uh, a newborn baby in the family. Solish joy. S-O-U-L-I-S-H. Solish. From the soul. Amen? They are all kind of emotions. Emotional joy. Maybe a newborn baby is born to the family, you see the kind of joy, you see the happiness, and all of that. Maybe you, you got a lottery ticket, you want a lottery ticket, you see how much money is coming to you. And the joy is there so much. And uh, you talk about sometimes you can even choose to go to maybe an amusement park to enjoy yourself. Amen? You're still getting some kind of joy. Uh, you can also come to the place of maybe like... Uh, Dancing, dancing, and even worshiping. Of course, even in the church, dancing, worshiping, and singing in the church, you can get joy out of that. Right? But sometimes you realize that all of this joy that is produced within the soul is not permanent. The physical joy is not permanent. The soulish joy is not permanent. Amen? Because... You know, you can be so happy in church, people singing, dancing. Let's put it this way. Someday you come to church, you are not too happy as the case may be. And then, 
the worshippers comes on stage, the drums comes on, and then all of a sudden you get excited and you are happy. Joy and you are singing along with the people. But you know, you could leave service and before evening you are damp again. Is that okay? Right. So it's a solid joy. <laughs> it's solid. So you find that even in the church, you can respond to a kind of soulish atmosphere and then you begin to experience a kind of soulish joy. And like I said, so many other things can happen. People send some things to you. You just got some letter ticket. You got some money. You got some gift for some people that you least expected. Oh my God, you are happy. Uh, you see, actually the word happiness in the true sense is, 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 is supposed to be tied to Things that happens, happenings. Eh? Happiness is connected to happenings. Things that are happening around you gives you happiness. Right? <laughs> so, happiness, happenings around you. So, there are factors that come from around the environment. The factors that you can naturally see. There are things that you can probably observe and touch. All of these things give you nothing but solace joy because you find that even those things that you so cherish can diminish and then your joy goes back to where it was before. It was a later by reason of you receiving those things. For instance, if you get a lottery ticket, you got some money instantly and then your joy comes up, that's a happening. And then you become happy because you got some money. But if you can't manage those money, if God will not assist you to manage those money, you know, within a year, the money is all gone. And then the joy or the happiness you derived before is equally gone. So we're talking about the things that go uh, temporarily with the temporary joy, temporary happiness. And that is not kingdom happiness. That's what I mean. Do you understand that? It's not kingdom happiness, to be honest. So we need to understand that. So we have the physical one like I talked about before. You have, uh, if a man and woman coming together, it's also in the physical aspect of joy. Amen? Right. So you have all of those joy yeah, that you can experience and you come into, oh man, this is what I've been expecting. All of a sudden what you've been expecting come to you. Even the thing you were not expecting comes to you. Somebody just kind of favored you. Oh man, you're happy. But it's all still temporary. It's all soulish. Because instantly, think about that. If you have a child and the child becomes stubborn, the joy you had at the time you gave back to the child is all gone. Did you get that? It's all gone. So, it's still soulish. That's why I say things like child bath, wedding days, and wedding ceremonies, and marriage ceremonies, all these things can give you temporary moment of joy. But it's not permanent. Because you get into a marriage, oh, what a wonderful day you had. So many wishes all over the place and God will help you. In the next one, two, three years, something begins to go wrong. Even the joy you had on the wedding day may not be able to last for two years. Are you getting this? So many bitterness begin to creep up. But yet you were so happy on the wedding day. And then car is not taking you, find yourself breaking all your, all the photographs and tearing all the cards and all of that. Amen. All the joy you had in fact, you begin to think about, oh my God, I hate that day. You know, the day you got married, you begin to hate the day you got married because you found that that was the day you yoke yourself to uh, a terrible situation. The joy you had that day is gone. So, it's all soulish, it's not permanent. And anything that is soulish is not permanent, it's temporary. Anything that is physical is not permanent, it's temporal. Amen? So we have temporary joy that comes from physical things you get. We have temporary joy that comes from the solid realm of man. Because like I'm saying, you are made of spirit, soul, and body. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Are you following this? Right, I want you to understand because it's very important. Because this will also guide you to know how to lay in your emphasis. You see, your emphasis, your drive in life is very important. Uh, that's why, you know, scripture says, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, but if you sow to the spirit, you reap life eternal. Hallelujah. That's very important. So if you sow to the physical body, you reap temporary, but if you sow to the spirit, you reap life eternal. And most of them, that is, in fact, that is the way it is. When you sow to the spirit, it is permanent. Right. 
So, understand that you have, I want to repeat again, you have your physical joy, which has to do with that comes from your body. You have your soulish joy, which is that which comes from your soul realm, just emotional things, by reason of the things you can get. Then you have the last one I want to talk about, which is the rethink, which is the kingdom joy, is the word I come from the spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, are we together? All right. So, like I said, all of those things are temporary things. They have to do with things that are happenings. And the happenings around us can produce true and permanent joy. They are all temporary things that we can receive. Praise the Lord. So, but there's a third category of joy, which is what we call the joy of the spirit or the joy of the kingdom. The kingdom joy. Now, that's why I said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Right. So this is a joy which is source is actually that of what? The Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's the kind of joy we're talking about. The joy that is produced by the Holy Spirit. Now there's something I'm going to make you see as we move on. If the joy we're talking about now is the joy of the Holy Spirit, that means it's a permanent joy. Why is it permanent? Because the Holy Spirit is permanent. The Holy Spirit is God. So the source of this joy is permanent. Therefore, the joy is equally what? Permanent. And this is very important. So we find that the joy of the kingdom is it's not just soulish and it's not physical. Therefore, this joy is not subject to change because the source which is spirit is God himself. And since God doesn't change, this joy doesn't change or get abated either. It can't fade away. Since God cannot be affected by circumstances, it means this joy cannot be affected by circumstances or situations. I want you to catch that. Is that okay? Listen closely. The joy of the kingdom is a permanent joy because the source of this joy is God. And circumstance doesn't affect God. Is that okay? Circumstance doesn't affect God. So God doesn't change. So because God doesn't change, the joy God produces doesn't change. By implication, if you have this joy, no matter the circumstance you face, you can still be happy. Are you done with me? Situations may still be around you that are ugly, but you could still be joyful. Why? Because the source of this joy is God, and no situation in life can affect God to change. Do you understand that? Follow the example I just gave before. You could get married and very happy. You could have a baby and be very happy. But at the course of time, certain things could happen to those two things I've mentioned, and the joy you got the very first time you have them will begin to be affected. Something will affect that joy. Is that the child becoming crazy? Or your husband or your wife becoming stupid? Anything can happen. Is that okay? If God doesn't help the situation. And that begins to affect the joy you have. Now, meaning the circumstance or whatever prevailing situation now have affected the joy you had, which is soulish. But when it comes to the spirit, the source is permanent and doesn't change, so no circumstance can affect the joy that God produces in your life. That is the joy of the kingdom. Are you there with me? Okay. Now let me show you an example for instance. I want to give you one or two persons who have this joy. Can we turn to the book of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8? 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Uh, let's look at verse 2 alone. Uh, 2 alone, I mean only. And uh, this is actually, it has to do with the Macedonian church. It has to do with the Macedonian church. So here the scripture says, I'm looking at verse 2, 2 Corinthians 8. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy 
and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, I want you to know that these people were facing terrible trials. They had a lot of affliction. They were deep in poverty, but that did not affect their joy. Did you get that? That's the joy of the kingdom. It's a joy that circumstance cannot affect. They were still joyful in spite of the fact that they were facing terrible affliction and poverty was staring them on the face. Not just poverty, it was deep poverty. But our joy was still there intact. They could still smile. The joy of the kingdom. It cannot be affected by what? Circumstance. The money is not in your pocket. But you have the joy of the kingdom. Means you can't be moody. Your face can't turn ugly because you don't have money in your pocket. When you have the joy of the kingdom. No matter what is happening around you. This joy cannot be affected. It cannot change. It cannot be disturbed. That is the joy of the kingdom. Are you getting this? See. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. Can you imagine this? These people were poor when it comes to poverty. It was a deep one. But in the midst of that deep poverty, they still have the grace to do what? To minister to another church that has need. And they were doing it joyfully. If I read other translation, they were begging Paul, please take this thing from us. We want to send this thing to those people. They were poor. They were not expecting to receive. Their poverty did not affect their joy. They were so joyful that they were doing something to another congregation that have need. But the Bible described them to be deep in poverty. And they were facing trials and afflictions. But that did not affect their spiritual states. The joy of the kingdom. So sometimes you ask yourself, <laughs> why do you really get angry so often? What turns you off and on so often? Why is our mood not static? I mean, why is it that it's not predictable? Let me put it that way. Why is our mood not predictable? Praise the living God. Because we do not have the joy of the kingdom. Amen? It's just like we spoke about the peace before. Just like the storm and the wind could not affect the peace of Jesus. It's the same thing we are describing now. No natural circumstance can affect the joy produced by the Holy Spirit. Which is the kingdom joy. Nothing in creation can affect it. Nothing. Even a slap on your face. <laughs> That's another level entirely cannot affect the joy of the kingdom. That's why we all need to grow. We all need more of the spirit. Am I talking to someone here? That is why you see, when the Bible says that kingdom come that will be done on earth, you can begin to understand what we're talking about. They're talking about the people who can experience the kingdom joy so that wherever they find themselves, the real peace of God, the real joy of God will begin to be expressed. Hallelujah. They could use this mode and the uh, this spirit that they carry to change and influence their environment. Nothing affects this joy. Even if the wall is collapsing, they are still joyful. They are still happy. Hallelujah. So the Macedonian child though was going through terrible times of affliction, and what they describe as their poverty, yet their joy and the spirit of giving could not be affected. And that is serious. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. I, I want to be, I mean, going to share a few things here tonight. Let me look at another scripture to tell you some of the things that you can overcome with this joy in a little way. Let's go down and see. Uh, here, Habakkuk. Let's get to Habakkuk chapter number 3, verse number 17. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. You know what it is in the Bible? Or do you have it at all in your Bible? Habakkuk? Hallelujah. Okay. If you can find it, 
You go to chapter 3. If you can't find it, write it down and listen. You go back home and look for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you been able to find it, sir? You find Habakkuk? All right. Thank you. <laughs> Habakkuk 3. I'm going to look at verse 17 and verse 18. And whatever translation you're using, I want you to pay very close attention to what this prophet is talking about here. Are we there? Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no help in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. Can you pick what Habakkuk is saying here? He saying, hey, look at it. My business is collapsing. There is no hope for my business to survive. The wine is gone, the olive trees are gone, the herbs are gone, everything is gone. Yet, <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you get that? I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will joy in the God of my salvation. What is that trying to say? Listen, I have something that my business failure cannot affect. I have something in me that my business failure cannot affect. Hallelujah. Of course, we do know the scripture said, the righteous man will fall seven times and will rise again. Did it say so? That falling is not described. It could be business failure. Falling does not mean fall from faith alone. Huh? All right. The righteous man will fall seven times, but you do what? He will rise again. Job will say, even if a tree is cut down, as long as his stump is there, it will grow again. Therefore, if we know that the falling of the tree is not the end of the matter, then our joy cannot be affected. So that your business collapse today doesn't mean your business can't start all over again. So Habakkuk said, man, listen to me. I'm looking at the business coming down. I'm not looking at the trees not producing. I'm not looking at the vines with the emptiness. I'm not looking at the store. I'm not even looking at the sheep and the goat not coming forth. I'm not seeing all of that. I will still rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. I will join the God of my salvation. That's the key thing. If you are in the kingdom, anything around you cannot affect your joy. Amen? Because basically what Habakkuk is saying, listen, my joy is not coming from the abundance of the things that I have. Okay? My joy is not coming from my circumstance. But because you see, if the joy is coming from those things, that means the joy is directly tied to soulish happenings. Or oh, my business is doing well, my bank account is rising. You understand that? Everything is increasing. It's happenings, the things are around. And that's why I said happiness equals happenings. But when we talk about the joy of the kingdom, it's completely separated from what? Happening, so whether it's going up or it's coming down, it doesn't affect your joy. Your joy is stable because the source of your joy is stable, and that is God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that may be a little bit difficult, it may be a little bit hard, but, but that's the truth. That the kingdom joy have no connection with anything that is happening around you, whether up or down. Are you still there? By implication, the joy you have is always stable. It's always steady. It's not affected by what you're getting. It's not affected by what is getting out of your life. It is just stable. It is just very stable because God is stable. Amen? Hallelujah. So it makes you to overcome and still be above circumstances and situations even when they seem to fail or not working. The joy of the Lord keeps you stable. Is that okay? It makes you to overcome circumstances in our situations. Prevailing situations are no longer the thing that really takes your attention. No, your joy is just stable. 
So the kingdom joy makes you to be able to, you can be so stable, people are getting crazy. Like right now in the world, if you're talking about, maybe you're talking about economic recession and things like that. By implication, what the Lord is saying here is economic recession in the world, even your country, it's not even supposed to affect the joy you have because the joy you have is tied to your salvation. And the economic recession has no connection with your salvation. Are you still there with me? Praise the Lord. You are still able to maintain a balance in life without your mood changing because of the situations. Yea, Habakkuk is declaring that though the fields may fail to yield her crops, which represent his businesses, or business, etc., that will not affect his joy in the Lord. I know that's a hard place to be, but that is what the kingdom of God is all about. So, by implication, we can have a kingdom people on the face of the earth. Amen? We can have a kingdom people on the face of the earth. Now, no matter how terrible things are, your jaw is still there. And you know something? You can change so many situations and people by reason of this joy. You can. It's possible. How many of you understand that soon that people can be so angry with you, yes, you are smiling, and sooner or later, their anger dissolves? Have you noticed that? It's practically possible. I've seen people being insulted, and yet they are smiling. And some of the people who are angry will say, am I not talking to you? Have you heard that before? Have you seen that? They are insulting the person, talking to The other person is still smiling. The next thing, am I not talking to you? And yet they are still smiling. And then they are weakened at the end of the day because you keep on insulting someone. It's not even turning back. It's not even, it's like Jesus is slapping one cheek, turn the other cheek. Their anger dissolves into your joy and silence. Hallelujah. It may be hard, but it is possible. Because we are kingdom people. Walking into the kingdom reality, realizing every day that we are not just like any other man. We are born with another spirit in another environment entirely, though we are human beings. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? So no circumstance is allowed, is permitted to affect the joy that God has given unto you. Amen? We're going to be dealing with the source of this joy as we progress. But I'm just trying to lay foundation so that you can understand this. Let's turn to another scripture in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse number 4. Philippians 4 verse number 4. Hallelujah. Paul is writing and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now don't, don't forget, he didn't say always. Did you see that in your Bible there? He said, always, always, even from always. Not all the time, but in all situations. Did you see that there? Maybe your translation said always. You said always? Okay. But it's always, basically. What he's trying to say, no circumstance stops your joy. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Now, this looks like a commandment. But there is something very unique about this scripture that you need to know. Paul is talking about joy here. And yet he was in prison. Do you notice that? He wrote the book of Philippians from prison. Now, meaning... His prison circumstance could not affect his joy. Hallelujah. Amen. His prison condition could not stop his joy from flowing, showing that there is no condition in life that we can find ourselves that can stop the joy of the Lord in us from flowing out. No condition, if we truly have it. This man was in prison and is giving a commandment to the people outside the prison. Rejoice always. And I say, do what? Rejoice. Always. In every situation you find yourself, rejoice. That's what the Bible is saying. Praise the living God. Yesterday I was somewhere with someone and um, he was 
going through a test, medical test, and then he held this machine. And the machine went through all of the analysis of his body, and the machine was giving some reports and then recommendation. And one of the recommendations he gave is, you can eat as many times as you need, but eat bit by bit, not a heavy quantity. And when you are eating, don't be in a hurry. Then, while you are eating, be happy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, he said, one of the problems this guy has in his system because he's not joyful when he's eating. And the machine dictated that. And so, the doctor could be able to explain but to this guy, the problem you have if you are not happy as compared to when you are happy. And I have been saying that several times here. The muscles of your face come together when you're always angry. They contract. It gives you old age easily as compared to when you're always happy and smiling. When you're happy and smiling, these muscles are pulling back. So you look younger all the days of your life. And the machine was telling the guy, man, when you want to eat, be happy. Can you imagine the machine talking to someone? Oh my God. So you see what the joy. So you can imagine what Paul is saying here. It's so practical. Rejoice always. And I say the word, rejoice. So when you're eating, rejoice. No matter the nature of the food, rejoice. <laughs> Amen. I was, I was shocked when, you know, like an imagine machine talking this kind of thing, you know, writing it out and prescribing it as a prescription for a human being. Rejoice when you're eating your food. Huh? And don't be, don't be in a hurry. Don't rush it. Just take it bit by bit. Hallelujah. <laughs> because I'll make on the sign, take about 20 minutes for the head to tell the, the stomach, I mean for the stomach to make the hair recognize that you are full. So it takes about 20 minutes. That is, you keep on loading, keep on loading. Before the brain will pick it to say you are full, it takes about 20 minutes. What the signal comes for you to realize that, ah, I think I'm full. <laughs> Hallelujah. So sometimes we eat ourselves to death. Because even when we are full, we still be pointing until the signal comes up. But that's already 20 minutes behind time. You're putting some extra. Are you there with me? So, Paul is saying rejoice here. He's in prison, he's rejoicing. He's speaking to those outside. Hey, may don't think about me, even though I'm in prison. Just rejoice. Because we are in the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, if you look at the book of Revelation, we have the same thing. We'll find that... Uh, Apostle John, the beloved, were in the island of Patmos, and he said, I'm also in the kingdom. But remember, he was banished from an island, he was there alone, but he said he was in the kingdom. And that's why sometimes people think that when you say you are in the kingdom, they want to see, hey, amen. If it is the kingdom, this is where the Bible says animals will lie down, be eating together, crocodiles will be sleeping together with tigers, the lion, and the wolf will be lying down together. That's what the kingdom means. You see all of those pictures in papers, eh? No, 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 no. The true lion and the wolf lying down together on your inside. Your canon nature and the lamb nature coming to dwell together. The harmony of God's kingdom is realized and manifested in you. Eden is in your life because you are a garden. Amen. First John 3 now, the Bible tells us the same thing, 3 verse 9. See, you are God's garden. You are God's husbandry. Have you read that before in your Bible? And there's one garden that God has, garden of Eden. You are really the Eden of God. Everything you can find in Eden is found in you. The tree of good and evil is in your life. The tree of life is in you. So you are truly the Eden of God. Amen. And that is where the lion and the lamb and the wolf, whatever the case may be, will lie down together. Talking about the true peace of God. Well, there is none that hurt in Mount Zion. Praise the living God. Are we there? So he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, do what? Rejoice. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's get down to James. Share another scripture. I'm trying to tell us there are things you can overcome. There's a stable spirit you can maintain. There's a glorious joy you can have in life. As you come into the kingdom, as you baptize into the kingdom, as you come fully into what the kingdom is all about. No circumstance in life is permitted to affect our joy as kingdom people. 
Praise the Lord. James chapter 1. Uh, let me read it. Verse 2 and 3. Then I go to Hebrews 10 verse 32 to 30, 34. Okay. Let me read James 1, 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that a trial of your faith worketh patience. Count it all joy. Don't let anything affect you when you are tried, when you are pressured, when things seem to affect you that was supposed to affect your faith. Because most times when certain things come against you, begin to doubt if you still need to believe the Lord. Your faith is being tried. Amen? Are you there with me? Your faith could be under attack through circumstances and situations, but God is saying, may count it all joy when there's these trials coming on you. Knowing this, that a trial of your faith work at what? Patience. Patience is a virtue that you need to really have. You can be tried in your marriage, you can be tried in your business, you can be tried in your health, you can be tried. A lot of things can try your faith. Will you lose faith and say God is no longer alive because of the trials they are facing? No, 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 no. Kingdom joy will keep you going in the midst of those trials. That is where you come to the place where you begin to say, I know my Redeemer live it. If though one eat up this body, yet in my flesh shall I see the Lord. Did you get that? That's the confession of Job. Everything was gone. Children was gone. Business was gone. The whole body, sickness, whatever. No, in the midst of that. No, 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 no. He said, I'm going to cause God with my tongue. See, even though one eat up this body, I won't cause God. But I believe one thing. I will still see God in this flesh. That means there will be a revelation of his presence. No matter how long. So can't you draw jaw when you fall into diverse temptations? Knowing this, that the trial of your faith work at what? Patient. Praise the Lord. And don't forget, patience is part of one of the fruit of the Spirit. Is that okay? Right. Hallelujah. So, so that, that are some of the things we really need to learn. Learning to be patient all the time. But it's not just learning, but we need to draw from the Spirit. Because to me, every bit of this thing I'm talking about are within. They are all wrapped up in the Holy Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, it's not just a matter of speaking in tongues. You can manifest joy in terrible situations. It's all part of what the Holy Spirit does. Hallelujah. Are we there? Okay. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number 10. Let me show you another church in this regard. Hebrews chapter number 10, I'm looking at 32 to 34. I'll read it in the King James and I'll read it from the message translation. Praise the Lord. Bible says, But call to remembrance... The former days, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. Call to remembrance the former days, in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For he had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that you have in heaven a better than, better and an enduring substance. Now, let me read it from the message. Remember those early days after you first saw the light? When you became born again, if you will. Those were the hard times. Kicked around the public. Targets of every kind of abuse. Some say it was you. Other days your friends. Like some days it was you. Other days your friends. Verse 34. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. You stuck by them. 
if some enemies broke in and seize your goods, you let them go with a smile. Knowing they couldn't touch your rich treasure, which is your joy. Hallelujah. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourself then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan for you. So you will be there for the promised completion. Now, I like this portion. If your enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with what? A smile. Knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure, which is your joy. Hallelujah. Did you get that? So when you were born again, when you newly come to the light, when you were newly illuminated, there is something that was flowing in your life. It was a kind of joy. Now, the joy you got when you were born again have nothing to do with whatever anybody gave to you. Did you get that? That's what I'm talking about. There is something that happened to you when you were born again. There was a kind of joy. Can you picture how you were singing all the time? How you were praising God? If you were speaking in tongues, how you were speaking in tongues non-stop? Can you think about that? It was not because there was food on the table or anything, but there was something that was always there. And so Paul is saying, hey, you better remember that kind of time. That when men were even abusing you, you take it with a smile. People come take your goods, you don't bother yourself. It doesn't really mean much to you. Amen? Hallelujah. That all the things they've taken from you, the goods they take you, the insult does not affect your true treasure, which is your life, your joy. Hallelujah. Everything external have nothing to do with it, that which is eternal. That's what he was saying. Amen? So that's the kind of joy I'm talking about. So altogether we are talking of a joy that has an abiding presence. It's never, I mean, it's ever constant and it's drawn from within. And it's a present abiding possession of the one who have received this as a product of salvation. This joy I'm talking about is that which is constant and is ever-present. It's not something you look for. It's ever-present. It doesn't come from the outside. It's ever-present. Because if God is ever-present with you, this joy is ever-present with you. Hallelujah. Now, it simply means just like the disciples would do. This term is here. What was the next necessary responding heart? To tap on Jesus. Okay. So, what are we trying to say? In the midst of a very terrible and rough situation, what do you do? Tap on your joy. Hallelujah. Wake the joy up. Because out of their belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit is right on your inside. And joy is part of the Holy Spirit. So, are you getting crazy? Is something going wrong? Wake up the joy that's on your inside. And be a kingdom person. Reflect your true personality. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Okay, let me show you what I mean by the abiding presence of the Lord and how it's connected to salvation, like we said here. It's a product of your salvation. Go to Psalm 51, verse 11 and 12. Psalm 51, 11 and 12. Praise the living God. Are you following this so far? Kingdom joy. Psalm 51, 11 and 12. Now, this is when David had a problem with Uriah and Abesheba. And then, uh, I shall be speaking more on this later. But, I mean, in subsequent uh, teachings. But I just want to make something here for you to see. Uh, Psalm 51. David is speaking. Cast me away from thy presence. And take not the Holy Spirit from me. Did you get that? What's the next thing? Restore unto me what? The joy of thy salvation and uphold me with what? Thy free spirit. Get that? Now here this guy was, he was confused because of the sin he has committed. He was kind of amen and finished. So he was amen. I lost my joy. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? I lost my joy. 
the kind of joy I had before this incident took place is no longer there. He realized it and he said, Go restore it back unto me. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's what I'm saying. When you were born again, did you know the state you were that moment? And as you even start growing in the Lord, do you still maintain that temple of joy and happiness you had when you received the Holy Spirit? Do you still maintain it? That's a question. We allow circumstance to come and affect us. So we need to pray like David, not because of any sin you've committed, but because you know that circumstance in life is already affecting your joy. So you can go back to God and say, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Let me have it back. Hallelujah. He said, uphold me with thy free spirit. In the true sense, the joy comes together as one package with your salvation because it is the Holy Ghost as, as, as the part of the Holy Spirit as the fruit. You know, joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Is that okay? So when you receive the Holy Spirit, as you come to receive the Lord, in the, as the case may be, you, you're born again by reason of the Holy Spirit, the joy is already there. In fact, you do manifest that joy the very first time you were born again. You surely did. But as time progresses, you find that the joy is going down because other circumstances have be clouding your vision and your perception about the presence of this joy in your life. So that is the reason for all of us to pray and say, God, restore unto me what? The joy of my salvation. We expect Christians to be happy people. We expect them to be joyful people all the time, everywhere. That is the way it's supposed to be. Natural circumstances are not meant to affect our spirit. Hallelujah. Now, David says something there which I would like you to connect. And he says, And uphold me with thy free spirit. Which one is the free spirit? Let's see. Simple definition of the spirit. The spirit is Christ himself. Okay? Look at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. And then... Look at that. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. In other words, there is freedom if the spirit is there. So... David said, uphold me with thy free spirit. What is he trying to say? Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. By implication, may I get out of this confused state. Let me experience the freedom that I'm supposed to have as a believer. As one who trusts in the Lord. As one who believes in the Lord. Let me have that free spirit. You know, when your joy is taken away, confusion would definitely set in. Am I right? Too many thinking, too many confusions, too many things on your head. Your head is this and that, you know. Kind of stuff. Why? Because your joy is gone. Your joy is gone. If I went that machine was speaking to this man yesterday while I was with him, I just made up my mind, I'm going to go out and get some comedy films. I think they will help me better. Make something that will make you laugh. Something that will make you happy. I think it's better than any other thing you want to watch. Am I right? It makes more sense. You see? It makes more sense. I remember reading an article some time ago. Uh, a man, I think in the U.S. or something, got elephantiasis and I went to the hospital. They tried to treat him. They can't treat him. And then the doctor said there isn't much they can go to do. So on his way back home, he bought uh, some CDs, you know, comedy CDs. I told him, well, life, it doesn't mean anything. Even if I'm going to die with this one, let me just enjoy myself. So he put on the comedy CDs, I'll just be laughing and smiling and be happy. Three, four days, he find out the thing begin to dry out. No treatment, nothing. Went back to the hospital and the man said, what did you use? I used nothing. I was just watching comedy and laughing because I feel even if I'm about to die, let me die. Now instead of dying, God healed. Just laughing. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I think it's more better if we have to pay to go 
listen to comedians than uh, pay to go and watch films where they shoot people and see blood and you'll be crying and all of that. Amen. You come back home, you're having terrible dreams. You know what I'm talking about? So I think comedies are better because it makes you smile. It just just make you laugh, laugh, and laugh and things like that. I, I used to I used to like wrestling, but I find that it's no longer helping me because it's becoming very brutal and very stupid. It's no longer entertaining. Getting blood, hatred. It's no longer for me entertainment. So it's not making sense to me anymore. So I'm going to change my paradigm. Go for comedy. When I want to relax. I used to watch it when I want to relax. After I finish reading and my, I'm tensed up, I want to relax and I'll put it on. But the atmosphere there is no longer very exciting. Oh my God. You see what I'm saying here? So, he's saying, Hey, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, uphold me with thy free spirit. Let me be free in my spirit as I receive the spirit which is Christ, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty, freedom. Hallelujah. Final scripture for tonight. Nehemiah 8, verse number 10. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Nehemiah 8, verse number 10. Final scripture for tonight. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Look at what he said. Then he said unto them, you know, he read the books and it was supposed to be a festival time. I think it was the time of Jubilee. And the people said, the Bible says, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat and fart, eat the fat and drink the sweet. And send portion unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Now that be his sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your winning power is in the joy of the Lord. Over any situation. The joy of the Lord. So when you are confused, pray like David. Restore unto me what? The joy of my salvation. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise the living God. Did anybody understand what I said tonight? We'll continue next week. God bless you.